absolute power. Absolute power. Corrupt. Absolutely. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, yes, it is. yes, people out there, I am JT, a.k.a. the Master, and this is the Master Plan. Rise up, rise up, and listen today. Got a hell of a show for you today. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. I'll say that again, because that's what I do. 347-637-3220 is the place to be. If you want to talk to whatever you want to call me, JT, the master, but it's all me. Got a chat room sitting out there if you'd like to jump in there and express yourself in that chat room. You could also do that. If that's for your convenience um, if you'd rather not talk to me, which I don't see a reason why you shouldn't, but if you put this stuff in the chat room, I will address it and we'll go from there. Got a uh, jam-packed show for an hour. Uh, Going to be talking about the NFL, some fantasy baseball, some politics, and uh, whatever else. It's open season here, people. You want to bring whatever that something, whatever you want to say to the table. We can do so, okay? A uh, it's a free for all. Let me put it that way. But I do have some things that I want to cover. If I don't cover them, it's no big loss. If uh, um, you want to bring something that's uh, relevant to the conversation, we can do that. Well, let's talk NFL first. That's one of my favorite subjects. Because I'm, you know I'm a big big uh, uh, fantasy football player and anything NFL, I'm on it uh, 360 365 days in a year. I mean 24 hours a day 365 days a year. Sorry about that. And the big talk this past week is that Tom Brady decided to um, I wouldn't say cave in, but t- decided that he couldn't take it any further. Even though the NFLPA can still go on, Tom Brady's not going to be a part of it. Uh, meaning that uh, his deflate gate and all the appeals and trying to get it overturned and trying to get his four game suspension lifted, not going to happen. He decided after, what, 18 months or something like that, to take his uh, um, punishment. And move on. Uh, Robert Kraft is land base of the NFL, and that's included Roger Goodell because he's the uh, commissioner, and the other owners. Um, Robert Kraft has been 
Let me put it this way. He was critical of the NFL when it first came out with this ruling. Decided to cave in and, and not pursue his uh, fight of his, the, the penalty that the, his team sustained, including his football player. Um, now um, he's back again. So he's been up and down the scale. And, uh, you know, he said he, after the fact that they, they laid all the um, um, penalties and, and the NFL kept on pursuing this and not letting this go, um, he finally came back and said, I'm, I'm supporting my team. I'm supporting my uh, player. Um, I thought I was getting into something that could be equitable for both parties, but uh, that wasn't the case. So I'm, I'm going back on um, on the side of my players rather than be, I guess, a, I don't know, a peacemaker, whatever you wanted to call him, Robert Crafty, trying to just trying to um, soften the blow, I guess so to speak. But now he's out there saying, you know, the, the NFL and all of its infinite wisdom, and that includes Roger Goodell, who's a commissioner. Wrong, 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 and there's a lot of fans. Ben Affleck was on Any Given Wednesday with Bill Simmons on HBO and with a uh, uh, profanity-laced rant that he went on about how unfair, he, and Ben Affleck happens to be a Patriot fan coming from New England. Uh, and went on a rant about how bad the NFL is, especially toward the, their quarterback. And Bill Simmons, not a fan of ESPN, quite naturally when he left it, he wasn't a fan, and, and, and very critical of the NFL and Roger Goodell. Well, Mr. Goodell, believe it or not, has stepped into another fray. And that is with the HBO show on um, Bo. Oh, excuse me, the HBO show um, that uh, Dennis Johnson, Dwayne Johnson, I'm sorry, um, is, is is in called Ballers. It's about NFL players. A lot of NFL players have uh, um, appeared in it, and it appeared that Mark Wahlberg, who is the executive producer of Ballers got a personal phone call about ballers and NFL players getting on ballers. For those who haven't seen it, uh, I think it's the new show starts today, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it's either 9 or 10 o'clock on HBO about NFL players and I don't. I can't say. Let me put it this way. And I'm trying to to, to figure out how I can c- compare it to. It's entourage entourage on steroids, and I hate to say it like that, but it, it's entourage on steroids, uh, and it's not to reflect the. Um, NFL players, it's just that it's, it takes it to the next level. I put it that way. Um, it's extremely entertaining. It's, it's not for anyone under 13. It's not definitely not G-rated. It's more R-rated. There is some nudity. 
profanity and some um, highly provocative situations, sexual situations that um, children under 17 shouldn't watch, even though that at any given episode, there could be a one or two or several NFL players or um, professional players in the, in the um, program. Roger Goodell, the reason why he gave Mark Wahlberg a call is because he's trying to stop NFL players from making baller cameos. Now, like I said, it gives a glimpse at life for players and professional, uh, uh, professional football players. And also those who are out of, out of the game, uh, but still are associated with the game. I would think that it would be a good thing for the league, just another extension, even though it may not be a wanted extension for the NFL and its owners. But Roger Goodell, and this has been, I think, the second or third season. I'm, I'm trying to think how long this thing has been, been going on. But it's a look into what the professional football player life is. Just like, and I hate to make this analogy, just like you heard about the Ray Rice incident. Um, it didn't really hit you or you reality didn't hit you or you didn't actually see what, what the thing, what the, what the uh, thought process, what, what the thought, um, the talk was about until you actually saw the video. Well, he, uh, uh, this is uh, this is the same analogy as that. You don't know exactly what these guys are uh, about when they're off the field or, or their, their whole their way of life until you see some a show like this. Now I'm not, but it's giving you a perspective of what it possibly could be being a professional football player and how wild the life is, how extreme um, the life is. Um, they, they face extreme conditions on the field, and it, a lot of times it can be carried, or, carried on off the field in their lifestyle um, and their uh, relationships and their uh, way they um, handle their finances. Um, and the, the thought process that some, some of these guys have, um, I mean, they do have NFL players that give him, um, uh, give him, um, input on what, what is possibly real and how far that you're, 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 you're taking this and that you're not portraying it the right way, um, Mark Wahlberg said that he didn't want to portray the league in a false light and having current and former NFL players on the show helps to give it substance and authenticity. Um, 
We also go on to say we're privileged to get the real story. We want to make sure the key is to make it as authentic as possible, no matter how outrageous it gets. We always surround ourselves with real guys because the show is so accurate that while you get guys like and Dominic Sue, Terrell Suggs is on the show as well this year. Jarvis Landry, uh, Terrell Suggs is from the Baltimore Ravens. Jarvis Landry is from the Miami Dolphins. You got a lot of guys, not to mention, not to mention countless Patriots. I can't say who it is or what they're doing yet because it's a surprise, and I don't want to spoil the finale, but guys know that we make sure that we make it real. And because guys' reputations are on the line, and they're, um, they got to straddle a line of making it real, um, and, and but not to offend, if you know what I mean, not to offend. So you would have to think that, and I've, I've watched it. Now, I haven't watched it religiously, but it's a pretty wild show. It's got guys in there, and, and they're not real football players, but they're portraying football players that have a, to, to, to say kindly, a, a different uh, perspective or different view on how, how their lifestyle should be. And it's very interesting when you get a kid in his 20s, regardless of what level of 20s it is, or maybe in their early 30s, um, with a, a boatload of money and all the time in the world after uh, they deal with their football business, whether it's at the facility or doing off-season training or whatever, that it's very interesting what kind of lifestyle these guys possibly may have. All I had got to say is this, that you got to be in tip-top shape to do what these guys do on and off the field. Tip-top shape. Get money and access, got, got all the uh, advantages in the world, and uh, a lot of these guys take advantage of it. All right, let's move on. Two. Major League Baseball, fantasy baseball. How, how, why don't we do that? As always, um, I, I, and I've been remiss in the last couple of weeks, if I'm not mistaken, talking about my fantasy baseball team and uh, where we sit right now. Ten-team league. I happen to sit at the seventh position, lower third. What can I tell you? And uh, whatever, lower, lower, the lower part of the league. Let me put it that way. Six teams get into the playoffs. I'm sitting on the outside looking in. Um, I'm currently, currently losing this week. But the week started uh, on um, Friday because of the All-Star break. Uh, and there was no baseball, regular season baseball activity from Sunday of um, the last one was Sunday. So from Monday to uh, Thursday, there was no uh, um, regular season baseball play. 
but I'm currently losing right now. But um, I've been making a mini uh, comeback, and currently I'm on a three-game winning streak and have moved up in the standings. I was eighth, very close to ninth. So I'm moving up the standings every so slightly because the fact is I was so far behind. Um, but I've, I've closed the gap on Mr. FSP, um, Victor, uh, by um, a – I was like 20-something behind him. Yeah, I was, I was doing pretty bad. And now I'm only uh, seven games behind him in the win column, uh, four behind him uh, – uh, eight behind him in the uh, loss column. So this can be a pivotal week. I could move up into the uh, um, past Mr. FSP, uh, who happens to be in fifth place. I'm I'm sorry. I thought he was in sixth place. He happens to be in fifth place. If I win this week, um, or if I do, uh, yeah, if I win this week, I will definitely be in the playoff hunt. uh, Well, I'll definitely have a playoff position. Um, I've had, I started five pitchers yesterday. Believe it or not, I had five pitchers going yesterday. Um, two guys coming off to the DL, Garrett Cole from the Pittsburgh Pirates and Hugh Darvish from the um, Texas Rangers, uh, along with um, Logan Verrett I took a shot on. Um and he lost. He he gave me six innings. He gave me a quality start, but um, he left. Uh, I think the game was tied, and they sustained the loss. The Mets did. I also had Hugh Darvish, and like I said, um, Garrett Cole, and and both those players. Um, didn't go six innings, and both of them sustained the loss. I also had um, Jeff Samarja and uh, he sustained the loss, and he didn't pitch well. Let me put it this way. I had five pitchers going yesterday, five pitchers, thinking I could get, get at least a couple of quality starts, which I did. And, but uh, and get a, a few wins in the process. Or well, what I get? I got no wins, and I think two quality starts out of five pitchers. So, needless to say, I'm very disappointed. I thought I had uh, a good group of pitchers pitching. Still think I have a good group of pitchers. Um, I think Garrett Cole and Hugh Darvish are going to pitch a lot better next next week. The next outing, I should say. Uh, that was the first outing, and they had um, uh, Hugh Darvis was going up against the. Um, oh, I'm not sure who Hugh Darvis. I know that Garrett Cole was going up up against the. Uh, here we go. Um, I also had Brandon McCarthy who gave me a quality start. So there's only two guys that gave me a quality start, and both of them were on the losing side. Oh, all of them were on the losing side, but Logan Verrett, even though he lost. Uh, and uh, Brandon McCarthy gave me two quality starts. Um, Jeff Samarja, Garrett Cole, and Hugh Darvish didn't even get out of the fifth inning. 
uh, Cole got up to the fourth. Um, Hugh Darvish always got up to the fourth. Uh, Samarja got to the uh, fifth inning. Um, so giving up too many runs and uh, not being effective coming off the all-star break. But I see big things coming for them. Um, I also see big things for those, and I should have mentioned this a few weeks ago because I had faith in this. I had uh, um, one of the uh, uh, um, top 15 picks, um, according to Yahoo, uh, before the draft with Giancarlo Stanton. I thought he would be a, I would say a monster, but he'd be very good. While his batting average is is uh, mediocre, he's uh, like two less than two fifty in his batting average. Twenty something home runs, he's got fifty uh, RBIs, and uh, uh, as of late, uh, getting healthier, he's he's hitting uh, more consistently, and I expect his home run totals to go up, and his batting average in in uh, concert with that. Along with uh, I have Bryce Harper, who is not having an MVP type of year. I expect him to turn around after the All Star break and start hitting more home runs and hitting more for average than he has been. And I also have um, Jonas Cespedes, uh, who's dealing with a quad slash hamstring right now, and uh, I expect him to uh, get back in the lineup. Um, after maybe a short stint on the DL, which it may look like he may go, and, and uh, start giving me quality uh, starts um, with uh, home runs. Uh, I sit, I, right now, I currently sit, we have a pool of three different categories that uh, we're in competition with outside the regular season. They have to do with uh, home runs, stolen bases, and uh, strikeouts. Not uh, batter strikeouts, but pitchers uh, strikeout totals. Uh, currently, I am leading the home runs. Um, I decided not to get into stolen bases, and uh, um, I am second in in closing, uh, getting closing fast on leader in in pitcher strikeouts. It's not how you start; it's how you finish, and. From what I'm seeing, and I could be looking through rose-colored glasses, and I do have some guys that are surprising to a few people, but not to me because I thought these guys were going to break out or have good years. Uh, Aldemis Diaz, who is the second baseman slash shortstop uh, for the uh, St. Louis uh, Cardinals, is a is a young very young player. He's hitting hitting over three fifteen. Uh got thirteen homers and forty eight RBIs, which I'm extremely glad about. Gregory Polanco, um who was in the top one hundred according to Yahoo, um, but was in my opinion overlooked by a lot of people, but not my, by myself, uh, who has been playing well. And I expect him to continue after he comes off his injury. He's hitting 287, 12 homers, and, and 50 RBIs. And he's got nine stolen bases. 
Um, he's 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 a very good hitter, and I think he's only going to get better. And then um, Jose Reyes, I picked him up before anybody else. Uh, he was getting hot just before the All Star break, um, and um, I expect Jose Reyes to not because he's been out for what fifty games, so he's fresh, and he's even more fresh because he after the All Star game. These are two, three guys. Right now, I, I don't think they're um, sitting on anybody's waiver wire. They shouldn't be. There's no way they should be. Uh, Gregory Polanco shouldn't, shouldn't be, definitely. Uh, Mr. Diaz from St. Louis sure shouldn't be. And Jose Reyes, I'm pretty sure a lot of people realized when he was getting by whatever team they were going to jump on him uh, because he can benefit you in um, stolen bases and uh, um, run production. So, and if those who don't believe in Giancarlo Stanton, if he's sitting out there um, or if there's a possibility that you can trade for him, trust me when I tell you this, and I'm not saying this because I um, have him on my team, I think he's going to have a huge second half um, as long as he stays healthy, I think he's going to have a, have a huge second half. So it is what it is. All right. Covered some uh, fantasy baseball. Covered some NFL. Let's get down to Uh, let me answer this. Let me answer this fan first. I, uh, I got a fan in here that says, should I drop Pomerez for Wade, Wade, Wade Davis? And my answer to that is, if you're short on relief pitching and you, need, and, and, uh, you have starting pitching to um, – to make up for Drew Pomerez, by all means. But if it's the vice versa that um, you don't really need him, it's the luxury that you have, Wade Davis, and, and you're weak on um, um, starting pitching, stay with Davis. That's what I would say. Um, so let me try to answer this. All right. Let's move on to a political side of this. After a uh, a short break, two-minute break, and then they'll come back and uh, we'll talk a little politics for the second half of this. All right. I'll be right back. 
Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts. Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Hi, I'm Russell Gilchrist. When I need fantasy sports advice, I listen to fantasy sports and politics on Blog Talk Radio. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FSP himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry the Master Taylor will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. That's the FSP show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7-365. For other informative programs as well, information, motivation, variety. All right, people, I am back. And uh, guess what? We're going to go on the political um, train right now. And we're going to ride it probably until the end of the end of the show, depending on uh, how, how I feel. Let me put it that way. All right. As you people know, the uh, Republican uh, National Convention, um, seeing that this is the uh, presidential climate and the presidential nominees for both parties have been set. Donald Trump on one side, Hillary Clinton for the Democrats, Donald Trump for the Republicans. Donald Trump has just announced his uh, VP nominee, uh, VP um, running mate, the Indiana governor from, um, excuse me, the, the governor from Indiana, Mike Pence. People, this is straight talk here, and let me tell you, we're in trouble if these two get in office. Big trouble. Now, if you thought that Donald Trump and his thought processes and his were very divisive and sounding like he wanted to turn back the hands of time, especially when it had comes to minority rights and, and, and or or the LGBT community, the gay community, then Mike Pence is one of the most conservative uh, vice presidents. And let me give you some, some, um, some, um, a reason why I'm saying that. Based on his congressional voting record, 
the statistical system DW nominate evaluates him as being roughly as conservative as Representative Michelle Bachman of Minnesota. By this measure, in fact, which rates members of the House and Senate throughout different time periods on a common ideology scale, Mr. Ryan is the most conservative Republican member of uh, Congress. What I'm saying is this, not Mr. Ryan, I'm sorry. Let me put it this way. Mr. Ryan is the most conservative Republican member of Congress to be picked for the vice presidential slot since at least 1900. But before Pence became government, he was a longtime member of Congress, which means he, we in turn can, we can turn to the same DW nominee statistical system to get a better sense of the Indiana Republican ideology. And those, and the data shows puts Pence well to the right of Paul Ryan. And that's and that's extreme. Extreme. In the 107th Congress, which covers from 2001-2002, out of 435 members of the U.S. House Pence ranked 428, meaning that 427 members were to his left, putting the Hoosier on the far right wing fringe. The results were roughly the same in the 108th and 109th Congress. By the 110th Congress, Pence was at 432. So he didn't move up, so to speak. He didn't, he didn't get any lower. He got worse putting him to the right of nearly everyone in the chamber. The results were roughly the same in the 111th Congress and the 112th. Let's put it this way. During his congressional career, this is before he went to governor. I'm going to get to that. Before he went to governor, Pence wasn't just more conservative than Paul Ryan. His voting record also put him to the right of Michelle Bachman, Todd Aiken, Stephen King, and even Louis Gobert, um, Gomert, that's not an exaggeration. Bachman, Aiken, King, and Gomert all had voting records less extreme than Mike Pence. The Indiana Republican developed a reputation on Capitol Hill as an ineffective extremist who, despite 12 years in Congress, now check this out, despite 12 years in Congress, was never the chief sponsor of a bill that passed into law. And now Mr. Donald Trump wants to put him one heartbeat presidency. Let me give you something that Mr. Uh, Pence. I'm going to give you a short uh, bio on Governor Pence, and then I'm going to give you what he has done as the governor of Indiana. Now, like I said, he's a running mate, and it, it's this is it's probably to appeal to the religious right, um, who Trump has courted by meeting with evangelical leaders, and promised to appoint anti-abortion Supreme Court justices. Now, we all know 
and, and everybody seems they want to just gloss over this. We all know, and we, we want to hold our world leaders, especially our president, at a high standard. But, and it's, it's a, the fact of life that people get divorced. But, and I'll put it like this, Mr. Trump has been a slime ball. He's been married three times. He was formerly pro-choice and he's ideologically flexible. So he can go either way. Now, and, and he's courting evangelical, evangelical leaders and promising to point somebody on the Supreme Court that's anti-abortion. When at one time he was for abortion. And the circumstances behind Mr. Trump's divorces, he we phoned around, tired of one wife, and decided to go to another. Now that happens all the time. But I'm trying to think if, and it's hard for me to bring one up, if somebody can tell me, please call in, put it in the chat room if you like. What other presidential candidate has gone through three women, and I hate to say it like that, but I'm saying it like that, um, with questionable reasons why he left one or two to get to the third? And don't question his character. Before, before I get to Mike Pence, how can you overlook the type of, type of divisive rhetoric that Mr. Trump has uh, um, put out there? How taking, taking personal shots and mocking people that are less fortunate than him. Making it all about him. Making it all about him. But somehow, through all the fray, all, the, all your political leaders on the Republican side, I should say all of them, but a lot of them, have, have held the nose and are standing behind Mr. Trump. How hypocritical can that be? When you lambaste, if it was a Democrat, you would be all up and down, all up and down them. Fox News, uh, all these conservative, uh, Russ Limbaugh and company would be all over them. Call them all kinds of names. And... It's not happening. He's a father of three. I'm talking about Mike Pence. He was, he, he was a practicing attorney, and he did have two unsuccessful bids for the House of Representatives before winning his seat in 2000 and serving for 12 years. Then he was elected governor in 2012. In the 90s, he had a show called the Mike Pence Show, talk radio show, and described him as a Rush Limbaugh on decaf. 
let me put it this way. Rush Limbaugh on decaf, but only in speak, maybe not in thought. Like I said, he was in Congress. Uh, He was a champion of conservative and religious causes. He voted against measures aimed at preventing LGBT discrimination and helping families in poverty. And let me say that again. He voted against measures aimed at preventing LGBT discrimination and helping families in poverty. So anybody that was in the gay community, he uh, uh, voted against anything that would, any legislation that would uh, pre- um, prevent them from being discriminated, discriminated against, and also voted against any measure that aimed at helping families that were less fortunate in, in, in poverty. And he supported federal legislation prohibiting same-sex marriage. As governor of Indiana, Pence has brought this religious right-friendly agenda to the state and enacted a number of stringent social conservative measures. And I'm going to read you his record. This is, this is, this is not rhetoric. This is fact. This is fact. Whether you want to believe it or not, this is fact. And if these two people get elected, um, the world is in trouble. And the country, the United States, especially if you are a minority, whether you're in the um, gay community or you are a, a person of color, we are in trouble. So understand that. To understand that that you 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 uh, my Asian brothers and sisters, understand that my Latino brothers and sisters, understand that my uh, um, Indian brothers and sisters, the rhetoric that you heard from Mr. Trump, understand that with my religious brothers and sisters, regardless of what religion you are. Because just because he's saying something about Muslims doesn't mean that he can't say something about uh, another religion or thinking that. Now, once you go down that slippery slope of um, uh, separating um, or or, uh, pointing out one religion versus the other, uh, that's a slippery slope, and where does it stop? You got to understand that. It's not affecting you. The only one that should be the judge and jury is your maker. So if there's somebody in the gay community, and it's not affecting you, only by because you're offended by it, that's that's... Okay, you're offended by it. It's one of God's kids. I saw a video um, in the last day or so, and I and I knew this already, but I'm just I'm just putting it out here. Everyone's so hung up on race. Everyone's so hung up on race. Me being a black man, I deal with race every single day. I walk out my front door. So does everyone else. Sometimes I think 
that if you're not the majority in this country, everyone else is considered an alien. Everyone else is considered an immigrant and they're not treated as a human, as a hum- being in the human race. There's a lot of turmoil, and I'm going off on a rant a little bit. There's a lot of turmoil in the country right now, not in the country, in the world. In Turkey and in France, um, just to name a few. And um, it's all incumbent on st- sticking together versus pulling each other apart. I got a call coming in from the 619. Um, that wants to join the conversation, I think. Hopefully, uh, it's a good conversation. I'm going to bring them in, and, and uh, we'll see what they have to say. Caller from the 619, welcome to the uh, Master Plan. You're talking to JT. State your name, and uh, what do you got to say? Um, my name is James King. I'm uh, also known as a West Coast Steelers fan. Um, okay. okay. I do a couple- hey, man. <laughs> Yep, I talked to you. Uh, I talked to you last week, or a couple weeks ago, didn't I? A few weeks ago, but uh, I, I've been, you know, uh, one of your fans and, and following your show ever since uh, you've been on the air. Uh, like oh I man, said, I appreciate uh, you, that. Uh, but uh, I, I have a couple couple things I'd like to ask you uh, because yeah. uh, I, I'm I'm from a whole different generation. Okay. And I, 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 and I like the, the view of the millennials because well, I'm not a I'm not a millennial, my man. I'm 62 years old. Well, I'm, I'm well. See, well, that that makes it even better because I'm, I'm 69. So we we kind of okay. went through the same. So we kind of went through the same experiences. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, I mean, you know, like uh, I'm a Vietnam vet. And right. uh, you know, I mean, I, 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 I've had things, you know, like happen to me. Like, you know, after we buried a guy, I was told I had to go around back to the kitchen to eat because I was in Alabama. You know, wow. so, so I mean, you know, like I said, you know, back in the '60s and, and you right. know, late, late '60s, early '70s, we went through this. Now everybody right. talks about, you know, like how much we've progressed. Because we have a black, because we have a black president, right? But to me, I think this is a falsehood, and I mm-hmm. don't really think that there is that much progression. I think that we have substituted our goals for other goals in order for things to be politically correct. What mm-hmm. do you think about that? Well, I, in my opinion, man, you know. Ever since this president has been in, in office, it seems like an excuse for uh, people to come come out of the woodwork and say anything and everything about uh, this president um, uh, and call him every kind of name, uh, so to speak. And um, when you when one of us d- decides to to um, stand up and say, well, you know. Stand up and say something about it. It's it, it's it's the it's standard answer. Well, what do you complain about? You got a black president now. Um, things have progressed. We've got a black president. Well, that the black president has got probably more, more disrespect um, than the last five presidents combined. Um, and I have to say that because um, 
and, and not being able to get anything done. And everything under the sun blamed on this president. Uh, and uh, I think, let me put it this way, I think he was set up to fail, let me put it that way. And, and this, is, this is probably the first and only chance that we'll ever get a a, uh, uh, a black president in office. Um, and uh, I think I think um, at as as we I'm looking at it right now. I think we we we're taking a, a step back because it's this this uh, uh, present climate is extremely divisive, and it seems like it's open season. Um, on on saying racially divis- divisive things, and with no repercussions, um, and, and, and the, the worst in in America, um, the, th- of the thought process in America, if you notice, uh, since the since the political climate, the presidential climate has come to pass, the rhetoric, uh, the negative rhetoric toward minorities and certain religions has been um, pumped up twofold, tenfold, I should say. Man, let me tell you something. Now, I can't, I, I can't think of any president uh, 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 nominee, and, and I'm talking about on either side, in the last 20 years. In the last 20 years, and, and uh, that would be put up with with the type of rhetoric that, that's been put out from one side of the um, um, political parties and accepted by that p- political party accept, and accepted by the uh, uh, leaders of that political party and not to- totally reject, reject them. That's how bad I think that the, the, the mindset of the majority of um, the population of this country has gotten to. What's your thoughts? Uh, I definitely agree with a lot of things that you're saying, uh, you know, and, and, and I think what, what really makes, makes it rather sad for me uh, is the fact that this is an age of so much information. Yep. Uh, and, you know, yet and still people still to be basing their beliefs on, you know, archaic principles. Yep. Um, to, to me, you know, Donald Trump, you know, we're probably old enough to remember that a lot of guys, you know, that, that are probably listening and might not even remember or know who the hell he is. But to me, Donald Trump's campaign is very similar to that of George Wallace, if you yep. remember when he ran for president. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, I, I, one of the things that, that, that really that, that I really don't understand is when I see gentlemen like Ben Carson and other yep. people that are supposed to be leaders, mm-hmm. you know, all of us, you know, I mean, backing this, 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 this type of rhetoric, I mean, you know, this is, this is the same, uh, uh, you know, I mean, we've heard all, all of this before. We've heard this, uh, you know, uh, at the end of the, the Vietnam War when you had these right. folk people. You know, right. uh, I mean, so you know, there's now the, the the very strange thing to me is that you know we don't there, there's no uh, uh, no ban talking about you know stopping Europeans from coming in. 
there's mm-hmm. not going to be a limit on, on how many French we let in, how many Germans we let in. Right. You know, uh, but but now all of a sudden we're talking about setting up safe havens, uh, you know, in Syria and places like that. I mean, you know, uh, hey, it, 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 anybody that's been to the Middle East knows that there is no such thing as a safe haven. Rockets exactly. drop out of the air. You know, they, they've been doing this since uh, the end of the Second World War. So, you know, for people, I mean, you know, we, we still have, you know, the, the, the so-called Zionist revolution. I mean, you know, people against, you know. But, uh, you know, when, when, when you set up a, 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 and say that you don't know what David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan stand for and you're a 70-year-old right. man, I mean, come on. You know, I mean, the, you know, this is ridiculous, you know. Uh, and, and you tell people that you, that, that you, you know, you, you make statements based on what you read. In the National Enquirer, I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's laughable, it's laughable, but but people are buying into it, and and like I said, the majority, the majority of the uh, um, the uh, majority of the country. When I say the majority, kind of, I hope you know what I'm saying. Uh, it, it, persons of 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 non-color, let me put it that way. Persons of non-color. Are, uh, uh, and the wrong type of persons of non-color are buying into this rhetoric, and it's not being called out on, on, on a, uh, uh, enough. It may be called out, but it's not be called called out enough. But a simple fact uh, is the media, the media is getting big ratings by having um, him on the airways, and don't want to rattle the cage too much that he won't. And I'm putting this in quotation marks. Grace them, grace them with with a a, a a a phone call, and that's a cop out for the most part. Um, a phone call versus being in front of a camera and talking about some of this stuff. So, or or seen it on Twitter. Um, I've never seen a presidential candidate that is so visceral on Twitter and. Really, uh, not being called out enough. And I got another caller sitting up here from Skype. Uh, hopefully, this is not a uh, one of those type of calls. I'm going to bring them in and uh, find out uh, what they have to say. Caller from Skype, welcome to the Master Plan. State your name and uh, what do you got to say? Yeah, my name's Joe. You talking about Trump? Yes, sir. All right. Um, I presume you're you're saying that he's a racist. Uh, uh, you assume right. Okay. So right. what does he? And said? apparently, you, you you sound like you're a, a Trump supporter. So I'm listening. No, I'm not really a Trump supporter. I'm somebody who just likes to believe that when a person says something, they don't get misinterpreted. Okay. So I'd like I'd like to find out what exactly did he say that indicated. To a significant degree that he's a racist according to either the definition of racism in the dictionary or according to um, the definition by, oh, I forgot the guy's name, Dr. Somebody or other. Oh, well. So in any case, what makes you think he's a racist? What makes you say he's a racist? Okay. Um, tell me what he said about Mexicans. They're all, they're all rapists and criminals. And, and uh, uh, what he said. He didn't say that. 
No, he didn't he did say not that say they that. were all. No, he did not say that they were all rapists and criminals. He said that the ones coming across the border, the ones who are rapists and criminals, and a lot of them are rapists and criminals, should not be here. That's what I said when I came on your air, and I said that people have to take a look or listen to what um, somebody says, and and interpret what they say instead of interpreting it their way. He didn't say all of them. He may be a racist, okay, because I can definitely admit that this is a, um, a country where there's white supremacy all over the place. But that doesn't mean that this guy is absolutely a KKK member or that what he says doesn't make sense. Uh, c- could I interject in that? Go, go ahead, show. James. Go ahead, James. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, if, if, if you would uh, like to look on uh, YouTube and catch Donald Trump's interview with Oprah Winfrey back in 1983, when he first said that he would uh, that he would run for president as a Republican, okay, and he and he very he stated the reason why he would run as a Republican in very specific terms. And one was that the Republican Party was so divided that the only way that that he would would run is because, number one, he could separate the nation by demanding that certain races would not be allowed into the country or they would not be allowed uh, to... Uh, to, to put, I'm trying to think of a, a, a nice way to put this. Or there would be a certain amount of, of, of uh, underlying Jim Crow principles that he would raise. Now, number two, if if you really want to look in, in, into Donald, uh, into how much he has uh, affected and been a racist, all you have to do is look at his record. In Atlantic City, where he did not hire minorities, in fact, he set up he set up a program with uh, in, in, the, in, in that particular case with the mob, where minorities would only have the jobs in the hotel that were menial, like job like janitors and, and valets and, and things like that. So, if you don't have to necessarily look at his, what he says out of his mouth, you look at his actions. And then when you have a man that's 70 years old that comes out and says that he does not know what the KKK stands for and what his principles are, I mean, he, either he has to be a racist or he has to be very ignorant. So he said he doesn't know what the KKK stands for. No, he did. Now, I'm just you, you dispute what what my man said about you know uh, the, the minorities and, and, and everything. But you know there is a commercial that runs where it, it does show uh, where it does use his actual words, and he did not say just people are coming across the border. The wall is going to be non-discriminatory. I live in California, and out here, the wall is not. You know, it's not going to be like like you walk across, you know, now like we do to Tijuana and just show your passport. 
you know, he's talking about putting an actual wall up. Yeah, okay. But you said he didn't know what the KKK stood for. No, 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 because because you're Mexican. You stop Okay, I'm not understanding you. Which part aren't you understanding? None of the part I don't understand is that I thought you said that he said, Trump said that he doesn't know what the KKK stands for. Yes, he did. When, That's what he when, said. When, All right. When, when, when David Duke endorsed, endorsed him, and you can look this up on the Internet. This isn't just my words. When David Duke endorsed him, he said, well, right now, you know, I, I'm not sure politically what the KKK stands for, and we'll have to look into it a little further. The man is 70 years old. The KKK is, what, 250? It hasn't changed yes. the principles. Mm, I don't know. Well, probably hasn't, but it may have uh, gone a little bit more underground to become one of these Aryan national uh, things. But that doesn't well, make I'm a difference. That, 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 that doesn't make that, a difference. That, that the fact it, is, you know, the, the the Black Panther Party is. I mean, you know, it's still the Black Panther Party. But no, it isn't. The Black Panther the Party is, is different from the new Black Panther Party. Uh, I, I I don't exactly agree with you there. I, you well, know, that's what I'm the member, old members of the Black Panther I, Party say. I am a member of the old Black Panther Party. The only dif- the only difference is that these young men now, instead of taking part in, in, in trying to help the community and setting up the breakfast programs and, and the different programs that we used to have back in the day, is that now there's a little more talk and there's not enough doing. But that's on both sides. Well, hopefully, I appreciate both your calls. Um, unfortunately, I've come to the end of the show, and but uh, I can plan to continue this talk every Sunday uh, leading up to the um, presidential election. So if you guys care to join me um, uh, each and every Sunday, I'm going to probably be talking politics at one point during this program. So um, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is when I'm here on a Sunday. Um, but um, I do have to go, and I and I appreciate you calling, James. I appreciate hey, you so appreciate you also. I appreciate you calling, and like I said, from now until the presidential election, I will be talking politics on this show, and I I, I, I welcome your input and anyone else's that wants to jump in, whether it's on one side or the other, it doesn't make a difference. That's how we got to have a dialogue to see. Um, and make it the constructive dialogue, not destructive. Yes, sir. You have a great, great day. Thank you. you. You do the same. Take care. All right, people. Like I said, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'll be back next week, uh, and I will be talking politics. It seems like I jumped on something here, and um, I'm going to get a lot of input. I think I'm going to be getting more phone calls as the word spreads that, if you want to talk politics, straight politics here, I welcome both sides uh, and, and both perspectives. Uh, we're going to keep it civil. If you're not civil, you won't get on here. Um, and, and, but uh, come with a conversation, and we'll bring it. This is JT. I'm dropping a mic. See you next week, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.